faith journeys and inspiring ministries that embody the good news of God, this is The Cumberland Road. I am your host, TJ Melanoski. Today's guest is Reverend Dr. Gloria Diaz. Gloria is a Cumberland Presbyterian minister in Houston, Texas. For 11 years, she has served as a pastor for inmates residing in county jails, state prisons, federal institutions, and detention centers with the organization New Day and Christ Ministries. In our conversation, Gloria talks about her ministry with inmates during and after their incarceration. Gloria shares some moments in her own life describing times where she was the little child asking the tough questions about religion and faith. In her faith journey now, Gloria sees God moving in new and fresh expressions in the world, in the church, and in ways beyond our imagination. Amidst it all, one of the greatest gifts from God, she says, is the people around us. Enjoy and be enriched with today's journey on the Cumberland Road with Gloria Diaz. Thank you for joining me on the Cumberland Road. I thought we could start the conversation with this question. You are married to another minister, Freddie, who has also been a guest on this podcast. What is the greatest asset to being a clergy couple? Let me try to answer that question. Um, when Freddie and I both were, were ordained, uh, we served in two separate congregations. So we were pastors in uh, two separate congregations. Mm-hmm. And after like two years, uh, Freddie and I discovered that we could join as a team and work in some areas of the ministry, not only for the benefit of the, those two congregations, but for the uh, churches around the city, the ge- geographical area we were. And we discovered we work and we, we were happy working. But I remember some elders of the congregations once got our attention saying that we seem to be competing each against other. <laughs> and we look at it at, at each other and we say, no, we are just trying to make things very good, trying to do a very good job. We, are, uh, we want the work that we are committed to do be of very high quality. But that got our attention, and we were trying to understand in what way we look that we were competing to each other when we were not doing that. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we discovered is that to have two, two preachers living together is a little difficult because one can say, oh, but you said this, or you preach this. <laughs> <laughs> you are not doing that. <laughs> or reminding more not, not not uh, so much like being upset or 
um, calling the attention, more like reminding the other person, oh, but you preach this, you said this. But in the case of Freddie and I, we have discovered that we are able to work as a team. Every, every time we can join our talents and ideas as a team and work on specific projects. And we have done that all our lives. So it has been a, a great asset. The last project that we have been working is that Freddie, as an associate pastor of the First Commonwealth Presbyterian Church and, and the one leading the worship service in Spanish, he came with this idea that instead of a sermon every Sunday, why don't we have a conversation? So instead of a monologue uh, directed to the audience, we just engage in conversation and it, it is the sermon, but in a more in a format of a conversation and deliver. And we discovered that we have had a lot of a good input. Uh, people say that it's much better, that it's easier to follow, that doesn't sound like one person raising the voice and telling the others how to do <laughs> and what to do and, and what to believe. Right. But instead of that, it's like people trying to enter in that conversation. Mm and being part of the conversation. Um, it has been a good, a good, it has been a good experience as a ministers, as a people uh, for the last 15 years. And I think for me that I see to be married to a theologian. For the last 15 years, what we do is that every week we have a two hour conversation. We just walk around the park or any place. And while we walk, we pick a news or a biblical text or a problem or a theological issue, and we just address that event theologically speaking. How is that? How can we relate that to the Bible, to the theology? How, as a Cumberland Presbyterians, we, uh, with the structure that we have, how would address? sometimes the issue or what are the options on how that event is different from different perspectives. And I think, at least for me, that weekly conversation has enriched a lot of my life, my ministry, and also the way I see the life. I would say, I would say that. Yeah, there, there is something about taking complementary gifts and being able to put them together for the same mission and ministry. And being a clergy couple, that opportunity really gets elevated by, mm -hmm. by doing that. And yeah, the household discussions and the accountability maybe looks different than it might in other settings because you have a similar educational background and a calling as well, where your level of accountability is under the same roof as you. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> but also to have a partner who understands the joys and the difficulties of of ministry. And yes, and to, yes, to, that's true. But also as a couple, let me say that we have discovered some lay people around that become very supportive of, of mm -hmm. ministers. I, I have really 
always I have appreciated that because as you mentioned, uh, sometimes ministers uh, have this big load with the needs of the congregation and problems and issues of the congregation. And I really appreciate when God sends my way, I always say that when God sends me uh, some individuals who help in some way to ease those loads. So what other gifts does Gloria have and how are you using them in this wonderful world that we live in? Uh, gifts. <laughs> what, uh, what, other, what other vocation do you have that is a ministry? Well, what I do, I, for the last 11 years, I have been pastoring people in jail people incarcerated. Uh, they can be in jails, in federal prisons, state prisons, or other detention centers. And um, I, I, I just, if you ask me what is what I do, I would uh, summarize what my pastoral work with them in the sentence that my job is to help those individuals and their families to see God with them. Mm. And that is my, that's how I summarize my, my job. Uh, what I do is to take resources like the Encounter Bible for adults from the Cumberland Presbyterian. We receive those remains that the churches and the denomination um, donate to us, and we send it to inmates, and they like to do the, those Bible studies. And in the Spanish, I write monthly a newsletter for the people because we don't have Cumberland Presbyterian materials in Spanish. So what I do is that I write monthly to them and we have a prayer list where I compile all the, their prayer requests and then I send all of them. They like that part because they feel that they are hurt in some way, uh, that they matter for somebody and my job is, all, is always remind them, like helping them to see some of them have a previous knowledge of God and they attend the churches at some point so they know something about God. Some of the inmates come um, to, uh, to detention and they really didn't like or didn't matter or nobody told them, nobody taught them or they didn't want to go. And when they are in jail and they have so much time and they receive a devotional book or a Bible, then they start reading and start, and they become interested in God. So in the relationship with God. By basically, my question for all of them is, God is with you. God is loving you. God has taken care of you. Obviously, you are there, but God has taken care of you. How do you respond to God? How do you answer to God? How are you, what are you going to say to God? And from there, I build relationships with them until they just leave. Do you work with multiple detention centers? And do you work with both men and women? Yes, we work with men and women. And we receive requests of devotional books and materials from uh, all detentions where those materials are allowed to go in. 
All right, Gloria. We, you asked some great questions of, of the inmates that you encounter. I have some questions for Gloria in terms of your faith journey. <laughs> now I did one in jail. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about being a clergy couple, and we've talked about um, for a few minutes about your vocation and your calling for ministry right now. Looking across the span of your life, share with me a meaningful experience that you've had with God. Well, TJ, let me let me share one that it was uh, very transformative for me. All right. I I grew up in a Christian family. I attended church. I I grew up asking tough questions to individuals. I suppose making their lives miserable and tough <laughs> questions about God and about church and about Bible. Those kind of questions. And I. Went to university and I was happy that God was there with me. And I married. And at some point, when I married to Freddie, I expected to have children. But early in my marriage, I discovered that I had difficulties to have children. Uh, Freddie and I started our fertility treatment with good expectations. Uh, but sadly, um, I got pregnant and we lost the first baby. Mm. And that was chaotic for me. At that time, I was at seminary, attending, doing my master's degree in theology and Bible. And I, at that time, when uh, we had this loss, I was able to discuss theology. I was able to write papers, to pray with the people. But in private, I, I was so angry at God. I blamed God. I I felt like if God was laughing at me, God was playing with me. And I just wanted to know why God was doing this to me, inflicting this kind of pain. And through that struggle, and I think the mercy of God and the patience of people around me, I learned something new that at least was new for me. And I discovered, I knew always that Jesus Christ died for the people. I mean, for the sins of the people, but for people. But after this experience, I learned that every baby and therefore every person is a gift from God to their families, to the community, to the church, and to the world. So uh, after that experience, I started learning that the biggest gift from God to us is people around us. So I started, when I grew up and I, my idea of ministry, when I was preaching, when I was preparing to preach was that the doctrine was very important and the shape of the sermon and, and, and everything is important. I'm not saying that now, but for me, that was the center of ministry, but I think God let me go to that way to understand that uh, the, the most valuable, the most, the greatest asset for God is the people. Mm. So after that, I've been growing after that. I think, I don't think that I understand everything, is that I am growing up in the fact that, in, in understanding 
that God loves the people and that God gives us people and that every individual is a gift from God. So when we receive a new baby or we receive a new person coming to church or we meet a new person, that is a gift from God to us, at least to me. Uh, it has been like that experience uh, producing me a great shift on, on approaching ministry, I would say that. I think that changes the way we actually look at people in terms of the surface, uh, whether it's skin tone or hair length, uh, height, weight, all those different things that culture tells us that mm -hmm. matters. Looking in that way looks much deeper in terms of, well, this is my sister, this is my brother in Christ and the heart. I know that's cliche, but you know, the heart is what matters. It, it, it can make us look at humankind and humanity in a different way beyond that surface. So the things that we think are important, maybe they aren't quite as important. Yes, I am. I am happy to see people. And if you ask me, when I see people, I see God at work. Mm. And something that I have growing in seeing in people is that different individuals and different communities, like different of our congregations that have different talents. And they come with one great idea here, another great idea over there. And I am always amazed of seeing how God always equips the people to do things. Mm. Uh, so we, we were talking about engineering, but when I see artists, I see God at work through them. When I see, you see, all these great ideas that come, like for instance, TJ Malinowski with the Cumberland Road, great idea, great ask. And I am always amazed of all these new projects, even if they are small or big. And the same I see in our congregation. You go to one congregation and you find their talents expressed in a way mm -hmm. that are beautiful, that how this congregation is serving the people. And you go to another congregation and you find another talents. And for me, that is exciting to see that how God is always creative, doing different things, not just repeating everything in the same way. It can be, sometimes we are doing the same, but it's, it looks fresh, it sounds fresh, and it sounds like that comes from God. Mm. So you can see the grace of God. So I, I, always, I am always amazed with that. There's something that you said earlier made me think of the scriptures. I think it's in Matthew and Mark. I know it's in Mark. The, the greatest commandment and Jesus is speaking with the scribe and and says, you know, love love God and love neighbor. Well, it mm -hmm. says more than that, but that's the, the gist of it. And, he, you know, these two Old Testament scriptures are brought together by Jesus. And I always walk away from that text thinking, you know, loving God comes first and then Jesus 
elevates the love of neighbor right up there next to it. And I was thinking about that when you were talking about, you know, the, the love for humankind, the love for another human being, that uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, it's pretty significant, Gloria. Thanks for sharing. Well, you're welcome. And I would add another text uh, that I like in Psalm 92. And at the end of the Psalm, it says that the righteous that lives in the house of God, they even grow old, but they will be fresh all the time. And that is what I like to see in the people because I always have thought, in fact, Psalm 92 was my thesis in my master's degree. <laughs> so I did my thesis, I wrote my thesis from that Psalm. And I discovered that there, God created us with this sense of um, being growing all the time, discovering something new. And I, I, I always like to see what God is doing in different people because it's, I see God when I see the people working in different areas. Mm. So, so I, I, I like that. And it's not like only young people do this or enjoying creativity or only elderly people retire can enjoy creativity. Uh, we can see it in all range and all ages that people is creative at that time. And I think it is, it is God at work on them. So the movements of God can be found in the movements of humanity. Mm -hmm. yes. That's true. That's a good summary. Speaking of movements of God, how and where do you find your purpose in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, we're talking about uh, calling, the, the calling of the ministry. We can, or, you know, to what, for you as a Christian, that center of being in a relationship with Jesus, how is it carried out in your everyday purpose? Well, TJ, that is a question that sounds like a confession. <laughs> 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 you know? In, in, in this time of my life, I discovered something that I grew up with, and it has been a constant in my life, is that God is here with us, mm -hmm. and if God is with me. Um, and when I was younger, I thought that I was a very good Christian. I was sure. But through, through the years, I have been discovering that I would like to be more like Jesus. That's what I am really found that I am. But for me, what is more important is that God remains with us. So God remains with me. Even I, if I don't see myself like growing so much like a Christian, like I would like to be. But the fact that God insists and persists and remains with us. Uh, for me, that is fascinating. And I know that I need to answer to God. And my answer always to God is, God, I know that I don't deserve it, but I am glad. Mm -hmm. I'm happy that you are here with me and that I am not alone. I don't have to do my life by myself. 
I don't have to have everything sorted in my life. I don't have to have a, the great plan for my next 30 years of life because I know that you are with me and I'm sure that God has better plans for me than my imagination. <laughs> and so, so that is my faith. That is my the way I approach every day. And when I feel that <clears throat> I cannot think in that way for, for some reason, I always ask another minister like Freddie, or I ask my son sometimes, I want to hear that voice through him or other people in the church. And when I hear them, I can hear that God is there, that mm -hmm. God is not that God disappeared, that I do not perceive God. It doesn't mean that God disappeared. So, but being with the people and listening to the people will help me all always helps me to always help me to understand um, and like to perceive God at work, God close. But yes, I do not imagine my life without God. That, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> when you mentioned Freddie, your husband Freddie, and your son Benjamin, in terms of discernment of knowing God and seeing God's movements, what other people do you look to and that uh, they help you in your faith journey? Well, um, historically in my life, I, I, would, I have to mention my mom because she was the one trying to answer all my uh, doctrinal questions like a preteen. Uh, when I was a teenager and I felt the call of God to ministry, um, the missionary at that time, that it was Lynn Thomas, was the person who I relate very well at talking about calling and, calling and talking about ministry and how, how we struggle with, with calling and, and with ministry. So it was a very good conversation. Uh, uh, beyond Freddie, besides Freddie and, and Benjamin, I have found others in my life. Uh, the missionary that we lost the, that was in, in Guatemala. Panor Tejendino was another one that at some time um, we talk and we can uh, explore ministry as a ministry. We, we talk. I have found here as well some good, good elder people who leaders of the congregation that, um, that I, I have found something new, fresh, special. I do not know if I can mention them. I didn't ask them permission. <laughs> uh, but I would say uh, some that are very good donors uh, have been a great example for me um, on doing ministry in a different way. Mm -hmm. And people at the denomination, I, really, I think I appreciate all of you, TJ. <laughs> All of you, uh, the stated clerk of the denomination, since he worked uh, on missions. I remember Mark Sharp uh, working on missions uh, since that time, I remember. But to see you working and doing your job um, inspires me to continue doing what I have to do. Even what I have to do is not what you do, because... <laughs> 
all the work you do at, at the denominational level is, is different. Oh, my job working with people incarcerated and sometimes when they leave jail, they are not exactly the most valuable people in society and we continue working with them. So, so but, but I, I would say that I have found good pastors around us in the denomination and good leaders. I think it would have been easier for me to ask you who hasn't impacted your faith journey? You covered everybody. <laughs> you could have said, well, everybody but, and then, <laughs> Gloria, you've been talking about seeking and finding God's movements among human beings, those close to you, and, and you're drawn to the, the fresh expressions that God conveys through humanity. Where are you seeing God working in your own life today? And then the second part of the question is, where do you see God in the world today? Uh -huh. In my life, I see, I, I see God making sure that I am not uh, just settling in my stage of relationship with God as I am right now. I perceive God challenging me continually. And, and I, was, I was telling Freddie the other day, when we are putting together our sermon slash conversation, I sometimes I notice that I, I am not closer to be the image of God in this form. I'm not closer to that. And I perceive that like a challenge for me, just a challenge to grow. I see God working in my family at this time. Um, I see the blessings of God. I see uh, some of the members of my family going through some challenges at this time. But I, I, I can remind them that they are not alone, that God is with them. And then they tell me what happened. And then I know, oh, God is there. God is, God is alone. But I see God. I, I, I think I see God more a challenger uh, to grow. And like, no, you need to continue growing. You are not there yet. And I suppose I will never be. And so I, I, I don't have... To, to fulfill your goals. Like this is the goal, goal one, goal two, goal three. No, it's like I'm walking with God where I can walk in the assurance that God is with me. And God is, is like, Gloria, you need to do this. You need to learn this. But God is always challenging. And I think that is life. I would say that is part of the life. Gloria, what would you share with somebody who who wants to grow closer to God and, and yet finds themselves in those, in those moments where maybe the growth isn't there or the struggles of life can be overbearing. How can they get to a place where you are now where you've been able to relax and be able to say, okay, this relationship is no longer goal oriented. It is where God picks me up in those moments where the growth isn't just, fantastic and great. 
And that is a great question. My, my first suggestion to any person who is so uh, drawn in, in a life of goals and projects and ideas, and they don't see God, but they think that they are doing for God, I would say uh, just rest, eat a good plate of meal that you like, and go to sleep. <laughs> and after you sleep and have rested, then you'll be able, you will be in a better place to try to uh, rethink what you are doing or how you are approaching life and let God to come to your life. And it can be to other people, to reading the Bible, to reading, to watching some program where uh, the person can start seeing God. But I believe what Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes. I mean, if you want to start a spiritual life, you can start with a good meal. <laughs> just sit, give thanks to God for your meal, and just eat it. Enjoy the taste. Enjoy the, the, how you feel the meal in your mouth and, and give thanks to God. Wow, you've taken such a complex and troubling time of somebody's life in their relationships and you've simplified it to the point hey get you a nice meal rest contemplate reflect on the next day and be open and those are who knew those could be so easy and so hard at the same time but yeah. wonderful <laughs> thank you gloria dj that that has been my experience <laughs> you we, we as a human beings tend to be, to make sometimes easier things to complicate. Mm -hmm. And we transform it then in a very complex uh, issues. But sometimes we look at God and you notice that God says like, uh, sit and listen to me. <laughs> so we, we think that we need to do a lot of things all the time that we need to be very busy but sometimes god is saying no just sit and look that i am god all right i'll keep mm -hmm. that in mind the next time <laughs> and i'm going to try it i'm going to see if that works let's see yeah. it's a suggestion <laughs> gloria you were talking earlier about challenges and challenges of life um the church that uh we are a part of the universal church throughout history has faced its challenges so speaking of the church knowing that it faces challenges today from poverty to doctrine issues to numerical growth what hopes ideas and dreams do you have for the church universal and for the cumberland presbyterian church Today, I see, I see our church. I see that the church has done a great job and continue doing a great job um, in, in giving and being generous and trying to support the people with their needs, with their material needs. I think that we are in the position to continue preaching the gospel and sharing the love of God not only with those actions, but also with the words, 
like giving the people the opportunity not only to receive the generosity of the congregation, but also telling them you have the opportunity to uh, come with us and give thanks to God and worship God together because God has been good and God always will be good to you. So I see that the church is in a good position to do that. And as by definition, the church is God dwelling with God's people. I think for us as a church, we have already the doors open to extend that invitation to any person who wants to come to God. Gloria, how can we continue to follow you on your faith journey? Well, um, we have a new page, uh, web page of New Day in Christ Ministries that is a book. <laughs> we a, a are trying in, to upgrade that web page for a while without a work without in progress, good, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Good results. Um, other, there is another web page that is Crossroads at Park Place. Okay. That is a ministry that is complementary to New Day in Christ Ministries because it it serves the people experiencing poverty in the southeast, southeast part of Houston. But um, New Day in Christ is involved with that ministry. That is an ecumenical ministry. There are Episcopalians, Presbyterians, Methodists, uh, and probably Presbyterians too. And the reason is because sometimes people come out of jail, but because of their uh, criminal record, they do not find a place to live and very difficult place to walk. So that is a way we serve to the needs of the people. And I like, I have a face page, um, Facebook page. I use that more to um, send happy birthdays when the Facebook page shows me this person spared this today and I open it and, and I like to send the people and for that day, uh, a birthday wishes. Like a more like a blessing. Yeah. Gloria, thank you so much for sharing the life of clergy couple and what that feels like mm -hmm. and looks like in ministry and sharing your faith journey and your vocation right now in helping inmates get a new start and a renewal in life where in many societies and in many circumstances, that opportunity is not always there. Well, TJ, thank you very much for inviting me. And I hope that we continue enjoying the Cumberland Road podcast. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Gloria. And thank you for listening to today's podcast. Grab a friend and travel with me on the next journey down Cumberland Road.